Today's program is part of a special series brought to you by St. Agnes Medical Center and Every Neighborhood Partnership with funding provided by ACES Aware. Together, we are working to raise awareness about the effects of adverse childhood experiences in hopes of building a healthier community and a brighter future for our children. Dr. B explains the importance of acknowledging our stressors of the past in order to thrive in the present. Plus, she shares practical tips for coping through challenging times and building greater resiliency so you and your family can enjoy healthier and more fulfilling life. Hi, you're listening to Delusional Optimism with Dr. B. Where we explore human resiliency and learn how people thrive even after adversity. We break down the complexities of the human brain so concepts are simple and relatable. It's fun and empowering to understand how your earliest experiences influence your relationships today. What makes you tick? Dr. B is a speaker, trainer, and consultant who understands emotions and human development from the inside out. Let's dive into today's episode. Here's Dr. B. Hi everybody, this is Dr. B, and I'm so excited because I'm introducing and including a co-host in the podcast, Delusional Optimism, Seth Creekmore. So, get used to it, there's two of us now, it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. So, today's episode is called Parenting Through the Lens of Resilience. If you're interested in learning more about this topic, contact me at contact at drbconnections.com or if you're interested in learning more about me then check out my website at www.drbconnections.com let's get started i'm really excited about this so we are in our first episode of this parenting series dr b you are a parent correct yes i am yes Times three. How, times three. My goodness. Yes. And uh, can you give us a little background on these these children that you call yours? Yes. Oh, and boy, do I call them mine. I am a mama <laughs> bear, that is for sure. Mm. Um, I've probably learned more from them about being a good human and maybe sometimes not even a not so good human. <laughs> um, but I have three adult children, Eli, Lainey, and Joe. Eli's my youngest Lainey's my middle daughter, only daughter, and then my oldest son is Joe, and he lets me share all kinds of things about him because we have a we have a special story together. He came to mm. me through adoption, mm. through the foster care system when he was four. So we have learned a lot from each other around trauma and resilience, and he's an amazing young man. And mm. so um, sometimes I share stories about all my kids, but <laughs> oftentimes you'll hear the funny things that really challenged me in terms of meeting the needs of somebody who didn't have early nurturing mm. and had to learn that a little bit later than would, sure. was typical for my other two. Yeah. Well, I'm sure being a, a psychologist, you were pretty much a perfect parent, so... Can you teach us all how to be perfect parents? <laughs> yeah, not so true. They they say doctors never should treat their own family. <laughs> so ask my kids, they're like, what? For reals? Mm. Did, did sometimes your training, did it sometimes get in the way of like being able to 
Oh, absolutely. Well. Yes. Well, for mm. starters, as a young as a parent, I wasn't a clinical psychologist yet. Okay. So then I went back to school when my kids were really in their late like probably from maybe my youngest was 9 and my oldest was 19. And so they got to experience me at those ages becoming a psychologist. So Literally, they would just absolutely throw psycho babble at my face mm. all the time and say, Mom, are you having a big feeling? Mom, is this, is this triggering you? And so, you know, it really is, was annoying and cute and funny all at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. So our topic today is resilience and parenting. And I think uh, how we should start is just kind of defining, defining, defining <laughs> those words, right? So let's let's start with resilience, and then we'll define what is a parent. Okay, so resilience means the ability to overcome adversity and thrive. Mm-hmm. So that's really just your basic bare bones of what resiliency means and resilient. You know, as a parent, what do we all want for our children? Is for them to have the capacity to face hard things Mm. and come through it and thrive and still be happy, productive people and live, you know, happy lives. That's, Mm. that's really the one thing when I ask parents, what do they want for their children? They always say, I just want my children to be happy. Mm. You know, everyone thinks they want their kids to be a Harvard graduate, but in the grand scheme of things, no, No. we really just want our kids to be safe and happy and healthy. And I guess that is what the definition of being a parent is also, Mm. is parenting is being the person responsible and connected to another highly vulnerable human being Mm. that you're guiding. I call it guiding through their ages and stages into adulthood when you pass them off to themselves Mm. to be independent adults. And then we still sit back in the background and we'll always be their parent no matter how old they are. But they get to take over the day-to-day. And it's what our job is to walk them through learning how to be competent at that job at some point. Mm -hmm. And we do that from day one. We do that from the very beginning of life. Yeah. So being a a parent isn't necessarily just biological, right? Absolutely not. Can you kind of give an explanation of like other places? I mean, like an uncle can be a parent, right? Even if they have a mom and dad. Parenting is not just biological by a long shot. Really, parenting is a very broad term that I use to say the person who is your guide. Who is Mm. the person who helps take you through life and teach you how to problem solve, purpose seek, learn what Mm. your purpose is in life, find your passion, support you, and scaffold you through problem solving. So that can be an uncle, a friend, a teacher, a a biological parent, a foster parent, an adoptive parent, and all sorts of combinations of that. It can even be an older sibling. Mm. Oftentimes, I credit my own older siblings as resiliency boosters for me because they were also guides for me. And 
parents in the most narrow scope focus on biology and blood relationships. But in reality, we, we say family by love and family by blood. We can have mm. both. And yeah. everybody should have both. We get to yeah. pick our family and we have the family that we're born into. Is there maybe more of a weight to biological parents in, in how they affect a child? If the, the question being, how important is that really initial relationship of biological mother birthing a baby and there's that immediate connection and life experience? So I, I'll explain this through my children in, in, as an example. Because, so my oldest son was born to his biological mom. And so they had that experience of connectedness. Now, his mom, I have no question, was a phenomenal person because she gave my son life who is an amazing mm. person so i love her for giving life to my son our son i should say mm-hmm. now my son immediately in life in his first four years lost his biological mom because of her inability to care for him And whether that, you know, I would never assign fault to her. I mean, I think that that's really a societal piece that she didn't have the resources and and people to help her to be a mom. So the way our system works is he he became a child in foster care and ultimately came to me. But he came to me immediately with an adverse childhood experience. Because my son lost his both of his biological parents before he was four years old. That's pretty incredible. Wow. That's a big trauma for a baby. I mean, he literally mm-hmm. was a baby when that happened. And we need to recognize how powerful that loss is, let alone all the experiences that came with having his first four years be with people who were not really capable of taking care of his needs. So then he comes into my life. I can never give him back his biological parent experience. I, right. I, I, I would give anything in the world if someone said, if you have three wishes, what would they be? I would say, have Joe from the first day of his life mm. and receive Joe from his biological mother. So... Mm-hmm. But that's not possible. So I can only start where I can start. And that's and so Joe does have two loving parents, and now he has loving step-parents, and he has siblings that are, you know, loving siblings. He's been connected to his biological father in his adulthood. So he's been able to have lots of relationships that are supportive, but it will never take away the wound or the ace mm. or aces that occurred in his life before he was even five. Then jump to my next two children who were born biologically from me. They came into the world 
with a whole group of people, including Joe, including my mm. oldest as the big brother, to receive them and were, you know, met with a whole different life experience that made their lives easier for the first five years. And they did not have an ACE. They did not have mm-hmm. an adverse childhood experience or multiple adverse childhood experiences particularly prior to the age of four. Mm-hmm. And we know now that we've talked about ACEs, how how consequential they can be to people's health and life and experiences. And so, you know, it's been hard. Sometimes the road has been harder for Joe, mm-hmm. but it's not because Joe is a different person than they are it's that he had different experiences and he's had to learn different lessons and he's grown up like i say to be an amazing person right and that's because of him and being able to grow and heal not and 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 with all the people in his life not because of me you know mm-hmm. So you've mentioned before that your mom had a rather difficult childhood and had some aces in her life and how that is also affecting you now. Can you just share that story real quick for people that maybe haven't heard it before? So this is a little bit of the opposite. And another wish of that three wish list, if I had one, was to Mm -hmm. really change the trajectory of my own mom's life because she, her mom died before she was two. And unlike unlike my son, she didn't. It, this was in the you know early 40s, and so she didn't get to be parented by anyone who just took her in and then reset her life with a parenting guide. And that's impacted her life for one because it did create a lot of aces for her right off mm. the bat losing a parent, but then all the consequences of not having somebody be a protector. And then when she became a parent, because, you know, this information was not available, you know, in 50, 60, 70 years ago. So those fears that are deeply embedded in who she is impacted her parenting of us in terms of being overly fearful of things that can happen, Mm. but also when her little child gets scared, then sometimes I end up jumping into the parenting role. Mm. And so we kind of have this, you know, interaction that if we could talk about that, it would be, it would be helpful and move us towards resilience. But you know, sometimes trauma is so traumatic that it isn't necessarily resolvable to the level that we want it to be. So wow. things happen to people that are horrible. And sometimes people can recover. Sometimes people can't recover at all, and we have to love them and do what we can for them at that level. And sometimes there's something in between. It's never about the person being a bad person. It's really about the bad things that happened to them and how they were responded to in the long run.
whether it's capital T trauma or little T trauma or ACEs, it's such a deep wounding and such an overwhelming feeling of uh, hopelessness, I think. So how is this, Dr. B, how is this optimistic? How can we be delusionally optimistic about this? Okay. Well, my the delusional optimism comes from, well, the answer is yes and no. It's sort of a both and mm-hmm. that... Mm-hmm. No, you're never going to not be triggered. None of us are because we're humans and our bodies respond to our environment all the time. But those triggers or experiences or activations that we have in our body and our mind report to us things that we need to explore more deeply. So they also, those are our guides and they help us to then say, oh my gosh, why did I have such a strong overreaction to that experience Mm -hmm. when I really do have it in perspective? So the optimism is that people can work on healing across their lifespan. What that ends up looking like is different for everybody. There's no end point. Life is about living. It's not about getting there. If you get there, you're already in the grave. So we're not trying to get to the perfect place. And we all mess up and do stuff that we regret and react and respond in ways that we say, oh, my gosh, like, I really wish I could have a do-over on that. But also always, always looking at our relationships with other people and particularly our family. Like, it would be really easy for me to say oh, I'm just not, you know, my mom hurt my feelings. I'm not going to have a relationship with her. Or for Joe, my son, to say, oh, yeah, my mom my mom hurt my feelings when I was 12, and now I'm mad at her forever, and I'm not going to work on mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that we get to choose every day what we're going to do with these feelings and these experiences in our relationships. Mm-hmm. And when we choose to keep going in and being connected in ways that are healthy for us and not harmful for us. So I'm not saying don't have boundaries, but mm-hmm. staying staying in the game is what living is all about. And being in yeah. relationship with people is the optimism. And mm-hmm. every time we have new insights about ourselves, is what parenting through resilience is all about. And we say, hey, you know what? I'm going to it, interact with my children who some who are the best triggers of all. I mean, they trigger parents all <laughs> over the place yes. all the time. And if you yes. have multiple children, you're like, oh my gosh, one just triggered me and now I'm over that, but now number two is on board. And so... It, it, you feel a little bit like you're in a circus sometimes mm-hmm. as a parent, but they're your circus and they're your monkeys. I like to, I call my gang my monkeys. So um, <laughs> they, I still love them and we don't have to always do everything or believe everything exactly the same way. But as long as we stay in the game together, we're always growing and we're always, we're always you know, moving forward. And that's the optimism and that's the resilience. Mm -hmm. And then 
being able to watch my adult children parent children in their lives or just engage with children in their lives Mm -hmm. has been such a gift for me in order to you're never this is why leave a life print is so important because i'm very blessed to, to be able to see my children have these exchanges with other children and my grandchildren Mm. that make me think, oh yeah, you know what? They're raising resilient littles for sure. They're, and they're going to grow up and they've grown up to be happy. Are they happy all the time? No, because nobody's happy all the time. That'd be weird, but they're, (laughs) but they're in general, they're fine. They're doing great. They have their own lives and Mm -hmm. they can navigate their own lives. And that's what we're shooting for as parents. Mm-hmm. And we do it step by step every day. We can mess up. It's not a fragile piece of glass. Mm-hmm. We just got to come back to the table and say, hey, I wish I would have done that a little differently. Yeah. From my world in the Enneagram community, it's, it's really, it's about returning to presence. And, and I, I, can, I can think of so many instances where I got deeply triggered and I go off the rails and I'm like, what? Like I, I, I literally have focused my entire life about not doing this and then I do it. And and it's not so much. And so I was, I was talking to one of my teachers and they're like, it's not about that. You're not going to fall into your patterns. You're not, it's not that you're not going to be triggered. It's how quickly you're able to recover resilience, right. And come back to what you know to be true and who you know yourself to be and what's actually happening right now. Yeah. And and it's that bounce back that we're slowly going to get faster and faster at. Um, exactly. And I mean, it's just like whenever you go to the gym and you put and you're ready to do a squat or something like that. It's for some of us, we already have 200 pounds on our back. For those that have experienced deep trauma and, and ACEs, for some of us, we only have like we just have the bar on our back. Yeah. And. And you're the more you do your work and you go deep into that squat and you feel that weight, the stronger you're going to become at being able to carry that. And it's going to feel lighter even though it's still there. Yeah, right. Yeah. You can't unknow it. Right. It's it's easier to carry the luggage when you can prepare, when when you're prepared and you understand it and you... You have support. And And you have support and you can ask for help Mm -hmm. and you can forgive yourself when you, you know, when you get triggered and go off the rails, Mm -hmm. then we immediately go to, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person. That's what I do. I mean, I say that to myself. Like, you know, I think, oh my gosh, like, you know better than that. You're just, you're a horrible person. Okay. Mm. Then I have to stop and think, okay, no. Would I say that to somebody else? No. Mm -hmm. Would I say that to my child? No. So I shouldn't say it to me. Mm -hmm. I should say, what can you learn from this? And how do we get back to homeostasis or presence and learn from it so the next time, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't trigger us so dramatically. Yeah, exactly. And that, and really that first step, for so many people is just acknowledging that they have a weight on their back. Yeah. Yet that's, yeah. if nothing else, just acknowledge it. Hey, I'm carrying a lot yeah. and it feels really tough and it looks like everyone else is fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
the fantasy that everything is fine for everyone else is a big fantasy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Would that fall under the magical thinking category? Completely under yeah. magical thinking is that, yeah, I have all this stuff going on and people don't see it. Mm. And nobody else has big things going on. And the truth is, if we were just honest about what's going on, then we could give ourselves grace and give other people grace for Mm -hmm. what's going on in reality. But Facebook and social media pull Mm. us away from that, and yet we're completely connected to it because Mm -hmm. it is a social connection. That's its name. But, But unfortunately, we have like social media pretend world. It's not the real world. We need to, you know, if social media could just be more realistic and balanced. Mm. And I sometimes will post social media things and say, hey, don't forget, I'm just posting my vacation. I'm not posting like my real life. So, you know, I cried on Sunday, but I'm not going to put that on Facebook. So it's not, it's, we need to be realistic about Mm-hmm. getting our feelings hurt and yeah. and those kinds of things. So we're kind of already in the territory of actionable takeaways, but you have maybe just a few more that you'd be willing to share for the parents sure. out there. Sure. So if you're a parent and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh my gosh, I want to be a resilient building parent and my <laughs> kids are nine or 16. I have to do it all. <laughs> I have to have another child in order yeah. to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do it right this yes. time. <laughs> yes. Don't don't go out and, you know, find another child or get pregnant in order to do it. Just start today. <laughs> start yes. today with yourself because really the first mm. people that we parent are ourselves. And that means when you hear yourself say, oh my gosh, you're so stupid or you're nobody likes you or any of those negative things parent yourself and say you know what you're a really amazing person and sometimes you make mistakes and you can recover from it and it's those same kinds of words when kids do really dumb things they pick up a rock and they throw it down the street because it they just want to throw a rock but guess what it bounces on the concrete hits the neighbor's car and makes a you know paint chips the paint Okay, that as a parent can be really frustrating. But from a kid's perspective, they didn't think that was going to (laughs) happen. Like, that's a big shocker. So rather than react with, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that, or something worse, say, I bet you didn't predict that the rock would hit that, you know, Mm -hmm. And do that. Now, you need to put that in your bank, in your brain bank of, hey, I threw a rock. This awful thing happened. What are we going to do about it now? Mm -hmm. Are we going to just walk away and leave that paint chip on our neighbor's car and pretend nobody did it? Or are we going to face our problem and tell our neighbor and see how we can fix it? And so this is what parenting resilience looks like, is problem solving, talking through mm. the purposefulness of our actions and our lives and our feelings with kids as they happen. Now, wow. I'm not saying if my kid, I'm Joe could tell you, if he did that, I would have lost my mind on him <laughs> a little bit when he was a kid. I'm sure I did, because mm-hmm. I think that story came from a Joe experience. Yeah. <laughs> but the truth is, 
Joe was the one who was just acting like a normal kid. Mm-hmm. I was the one who overreacted to the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't go back and fix that at the time. He can hear this episode, and we've talked about lots of things yeah. like this, that it's when we we can re- overreact and say, oh my gosh, now I need to tell tell my child, hey, you know what? I overreacted. It came from something in me. It'll happen to you sometime too, but let's mm-hmm. really talk about that again. Wow. Let's let's fix that. Because it's scary for kids to be out of control, and the people who help mediate their feelings of safety and security are their parents. Mm-hmm. So when we are upset with them, it scares them because their control panel shuts down, and then they don't know what to do. So it's it's right. really important... But it's so beneficial long term. And you don't have to be perfect. I make it all sound technically like you have to do this step by step. But in reality, all the love and hugs and kisses and nice things that we do and say for our kids because we do adore them mm-hmm. makes up for so many of the messed up, screwed up things we do yeah. to them. And we don't ever have to fix. And they mm-hmm. still love us. And mm-hmm. we still adore them. So... It, you don't have to be perfect, but when you put some of these things in your toolbox, it definitely helps with parenting for resilience and building resilient yeah. adults who then raise resilient children who then raise yeah. more resilience. That's amazing. That's amazing. So. so I think that's about all the time we have for today. Make sure to check in next week. Dr. B, thank you for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom and your humor. Um, It's been wonderful. So any final words? I love you. Go out, leave a life print, and we'll connect next time. Thanks, Seth. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. If you're interested in booking a training, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at my website, Dr. B Connections. There's a big button that says, book a training with Dr. B. It's that easy. If this show has been beneficial for you, please share it with your friends and family. Spreading the word about the show helps us grow our audience and helps continue to change the world together. Again, thanks so much for listening to Delusional Optimism. Now, go leave a life print. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Delusional Optimism brought to you by St. Agnes Medical Center and Every Neighborhood Partnership. We hope you're encouraged by Dr. B's message and find her tips helpful for managing life stressors and building a more resilient self. For more episodes in this special series, please visit St. Agnes Medical Center's website, at www.samc.com. This episode is produced and published by the editing team at TruthWork Media. TruthWork Media is a full-fledged podcasting and social media agency located in South Bend, Indiana with clients all around the world. For more information, visit them at truthworkmedia.com. These materials and all discussions of these materials are for educational purposes only and do not constitute medical or mental health advice. 
The presenter is not a licensed mental health or medical service provider. If you need medical or mental health care or advice, you should contact your doctor or therapist, or you can contact your insurance company for a referral. This show and all of its contents are copyright 2020 Dr. B. Leave a Life Print. Reproduction or use requires written consent of Dr. Kristen Beasley.